the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. My name is Mark Donnelly, and Carrie Waddell is with me. And Carrie, you were out last week. Go tell us about your cruise here. Oh, yeah. but, but, you know, it is March, match. You know, we're talking about March Madness. So let's get started this morning with the President of the United States. That pay for everything is still allowing you to reduce the deficit. Just begin to pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. That's why I'm fighting for another proposal. When I got elected, there were roughly, don't hold an exact number because it varies, around 650 billionaires in America. I was over 1,000. You know what the average tax they pay, federal tax? 3%. T-H-R-E-E, 3%. T-H-R-E-E, did you forget E? No billionaire should be paid (laughs) lower tax. This is in Pennsylvania when he announced his budget this year. Any of you in this room? So my plan is to make sure the corporations begin to pay their fair share. It used to be 35 percent. We cut it down to 21 percent. I think we should be paying 28 percent. It's going to be a real fight in it. We should be paying more than 21 percent. Let me clear under my plan. I made this commitment when I ran. I haven't broken it yet. I never will. No one making less than $400,000. There's his pledge then. Not a single penny. Now, why did I do it for $400,000? Because I doubt anybody here makes $400,000. Yeah. I did it to make the case that I'm not going after anything remotely, any of my ordinary folks, because they're paying their share. We're also going to save billions of dollars on going after criminal commit fraud. You know, you know, a lot of people are saying to me that they don't like the idea I'm prepared to forgive up to two thousand, uh, up to $20,000 if you got a Pell Grant or $10,000 for anybody He's who has a student loan during the recession. Those are pretty Guess unique claps. We paid the so-called PPP program. The PPP program. We paid... Significant, I think it's nine hundred billion dollars. What? 
take it. Don't hold me that number. But it's well over nine. <laughs> it's well over nine something. For anybody who had a tough time with their business. Wasn't it 900? <laughs> so they could pay employees. It's a fuzzy math, Gary. Right. Nine, nine, nine. Nine hundred billion, billion. What the hell? <laughs> you don't remember that uh, I had a big fight with... I can't listen anymore, Carrie. I have to stop. Amen it. to that. <laughs> oh, now yeah, you should cut out. We should have heard the booing. Oh, do you want to go back and hear the? Boo- I, <laughs> I didn't. Remember. I didn't listen. Oh, the booing was. Um, I cut it off too early. The booing was. He mentioned his former uh, president, the former president, right? And and. You know, and and people booed when he mentioned oh. the, the the former president. So Dang, I was hoping they right. were booing him. So here we go. What was in the budget? The double B, Carrie, the Biden budget. It's a, really a rehash of the old triple B, right? right? The Build Back Better. And one of the things we've always said, not only in this administration and all previous administrations. You know, over the 30 years we've been working, over the... How many years have we been doing this radio show, Carrie? It's got to be 20, you know? Yeah. Um, we, you don't change your financial planning model based on a POTUS budget. Which, honestly, I don't even know why they come out and do it. Because it, It's a campaign Right, speech. that's what I'm saying, because they can't... It's up to Congress, really, to materially do anything. It's just talk. So I feel like they shouldn't even be allowed to do that. Right. And when you have a split Congress, none of this is <laughs> going to get, get done. get done? Right. And, and so, it, 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 so it's really, it becomes rhetoric for their, the next campaign election. That's what I'm election. saying. It's a waste of time. We have real issues they need to be working on. I well, think this is, should be the BS. No, the real issue budget. is getting votes, Carrie. Right. Right. And they're going to get votes for this. Right. But they don't, right. But it should be about making real progress that's meaningful to the American people, not votes. So it's the old Robin Hood solution. Yeah. Tax the rich and give to the poor. Mm. Well, okay. eventually people are going to get tired of that. All right. Um, now, so who are the rich? Okay. Well, we can start with the big bad corporations. Okay. So what he, you heard him in the clip, he wants to raise corporate tax rate from Trump's lower 21% up to 28%. Okay. Secondly, he wants to impose a 15% minimum corporate tax on the billion dollar companies. You know, that's where he's saying that they did their study and 55 U.S. corporations were, you know, the top 55 U.S. corporations that weren't paying any income tax at all because they were using existing tax law breaks, right? Right. Okay. Third, they want to quadruple the stock buyback tax rate. Remember, that was something that was recently done. That's, you know, how these they, these corporations, and they're just trying to make their shareholders happy. They want to raise a shareholder stock right. instead of paying their employees a higher wage. Right. So they take any other windfall profits, like the big bad oil companies, right. and they buy back their own stock instead of hiring more people or paying a higher wage, right? And so they try to uh, tamp down on that, Congress came up with a tax that they would have to pay 1%. Now, the 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 right was saying, oh my gosh, that's going to crash the stock market. N- n- and they said, no, because not that many people really own stocks in this country, right. quite frankly. So it didn't really, you know, there were other reasons why the stocks went down, but right. it really wasn't the 1%. But it was always threatened that, or thought that once they got it on the books, the law, that 1% would be ratcheted up right. pretty quickly. 4%, that's much right. different. Okay. Um, all right. So that's the, and, and, you know, and they also want to go after, I think, some international, um, 
There's going to be new taxes on international corporate, you know, the corporates that, right. you know, try to move offshore. Um, and of course, they're going to go after the fossil fuel companies, you know, the big oh, bad oil yeah. companies. All right. So, so what into, well, what's considered a rich individual? Right. Okay. So here you're back to Biden's pledge that no one making less than $400,000 per year is going to see a penny increase in income taxes. Okay. So he's still saying that. But so for those, if you are making more than 400000 okay, what's going to, what does he want to do for those pa- taxpayers? Okay. Well, one, he wants to raise the, ta- the top individual tax rate. Okay. From the current, you know, 37%. Up to the thirty nine point six percent. Okay, and but it's a little bit even deeper than that, Carrie, because under the current law, married filing jointly to get to the thirty seven percent, you need incomes over six hundred ninety three thousand and change. Okay, okay, but he keeps saying four hundred thousand. So theoretically, is he saying that if you are making over four hundred thousand, you're automatically up to the thirty nine point six? Meaning, right now under the current law, Carrie, if you were at four hundred thousand, your tax rate wouldn't be the top thirty seven percent. It wouldn't be the one below that, the thirty five percent. It's the tier below that. It'd be the thirty two percent. So basically, the four hundred thousand dollar married filing jointly would go from a thirty two percent rate. To a thirty nine point six percent rate. Okay, that could you know that's a chunk that that could be that could be meaningful right to your um to your fi- long term financial model you know d- depending on if you were you know still planning on working for a while. Okay, um, he wants also the he wants to increase the Medicare surtax. You know that was originally that was the ACA. Remember the Obamacare, right. where you know if you at, at the time if if you're an individual making over two hundred thousand, married jointly over two hundred fifty thousand, you had to pay that extra three point eight percent on right. net investment income. Right. He wants to raise the three point eight percent to five percent for that for that income over four hundred thousand. Okay. So I think you would still have the old. Right thresholds, but now you'd have this higher five percent rate on income exceeding four hundred thousand. Um, so though, and now he also wants to increase the capital gains tax. Okay, so currently the highest rate is twenty percent. Right. Okay. Now that's before the surtax because you know technically you could get the surtax on top of that, but let's let's just keep it. You know, so but so it would really be more than that. But but basically, so under the current law. You need over four hundred and ninety-two thousand. Well, no, let me go to married jointly. So, married jointly, if you have over two hundred seventy-six thousand nine. No, I care. I'm getting confused here on my math. Five fifty. Oh, that's married filing separately. Okay, remember, there's it depends. Right, it's uh, different tables com- for single. Right, married so, joint. So let me go back. So currently, to get to the twenty percent long-term capital gain rate, if you're married filing jointly, you need over five hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars. Okay. okay. Um, so what he is saying is he wants to raise that twenty percent up to the thirty nine point six percent. That's a big increase. Doubles, right? Okay. Um, now, but it's for earnings over one million. Okay. But still, doubling the long term right. capital gains tax. Okay. Also, he's going wants to you know implement the billionaires tax, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the richest zero point zero one percent of U.S. taxpayers. Right. It would be a twenty five percent minimum tax on individuals and families with net worths of more than one hundred million. Not exactly a billion, Gary. 
mm-hmm. 100 million. Still, I'm not worried about that. I don't know how many of our listeners are worried about that. Um, the tax applied to both actual income and unrealized capital gains. So mm. that's the one that theory, I don't know if it's constitutionally that's allowed, right? Because the Constitution calls for a tax on income, not right. necessarily assets. All right. Um, then he wants to uh, close the carried interest loophole that, you know, one that right. allows the wealthy hedge fund managers to, you know, get the lower cap, you know, tax rates. Um, he also wants to close other Social Security and Medicare tax loopholes. Carrie, I think this is the one that gets into the that common, you know, problem that the IRS has been battling for years. And that's the idea of if you are a small business, and I'm talking a small, small business, you know, under 50 employees, right? Mm-hmm. Where you are the you are the owner of it and it's an S corporation, so it's a pass through. Right. And you're taking money out of the business, but you're not paying yourself a high salary because the salary is W two income is subject to those payroll so taxes. So you're doing shareholder draws to save you money on payroll taxes. Right. And that that's a loophole right now. And he so um But that could affect any business owner then, small business owner, correct? Yeah, I don't know if um yeah, um, they don't. Yeah, he didn't give a threshold on it, Gary. Right. Again, I'm. I don't know what the. Is it still the four hundred thousand? I don't know. Um, all right. So I said that's the one part. You know, tax the rich, right? Right. And then give to the poor. So what does he want to give to the poor? And it's not the poor, but I'm just mm-hmm. using that figuratively. Okay. One, he wants to give federal workers a pay increase of five point two percent. Didn't they just get one? It was only about four point six percent. Oh Carrie. my goodness! All right. um, but ten percent over two years—that's not bad. No. Um, all right. Um, he wants to restore the child tax credit and make it fully refundable. So, if you remember during the pandemic, the Rona relief. Right. Remember they increased the child tax Correct. credit. Correct. And they also made it fully refundable, meaning that even if you didn't have enough taxable income or taxes, you'd still get it. You could get a check for it. Yeah, offset it. They don't limit the credit to how much tax you owe. If you, if you, so if I had a zero return and filed, I could get money back just from the right. childcare credit. Yeah, not that the crooks who stole identities thought right. about that I idea. I was going right? to say they probably thought about it before everybody um, was filing. All right, so and so so you know so current you know under pre Rona it was two thousand dollars per year per child, right? Then the Rona remember increased to thirty uh, three thousand mm-hmm. per child, but if the child was under six, it was thirty six hundred. Okay. Bump up. Um, he also wants to make the earned income tax credit expansion for childless workers permanent. Um, he also wants to reduce the prescription drug costs. And this is the idea by he would expand the federal government's ability to negotiate with those big bag pharmaceutical companies. Right. right? All right. So that started with the Inflation Reduction Act. Remember, mm-hmm. remember they're taking victory laps right now because the insulin is going to be capped right. at what, $35 a month. Mm-hmm. That's going to win votes, Carrie. Right. There's a lot of people in this country that are on insulin. Right. And if but they, Trump already did things to benefit that. Biden came back. Now he's doing a change on that. So I don't know. Um, so we'll see. But again, that's some of what we learned. I did see Mark. I read and I'm looking at it now where that he was talking about repealing. I know we talked about before the show started that he wasn't doing anything with the estate tax, but there was language in there about repealing the stepped up basis. Well, 
Is that yeah? So it, which was also part of the bill back better, right? It's saying yeah, seventy-seven billion in death tax increases, and it's talking about re- revived his plan for a second death tax by repealing what's no. He would like the stepped-up basis. Now, did he, does it sh- say a, a threshold for that income threshold? No, it's vague because this is from the Ways and Means Committee that just had a press release. So I, yeah. I did not. Yeah. That could be a huge impact. Five and a half trillion in tax increases, Carrie. Get us started. <laughs> All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought, and we're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program, um, hopefully here to give you helpful information and talk about issues that could impact you and things that you can do to take control of your financial life, whether you're someone who is already working or already retired and people who are still working and thinking about their future retirement years and want to know what are steps and strategies you could be doing to protect your long-term financial stability. And we talk about opportunities and traps in the complicated tax code. We're sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is an affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. And we've been helping people around Cleveland now well over, well more than 35 years um, through custom financial plans and objective unbiased analysis so that people know if I make a decision today, what is the long-term outcome? And a lot of people don't make decisions or they have worries, whether it's inflation, market volatility, um, future taxes, and they don't make decisions now because they don't know they're really paralyzed by fear or because they, they don't know what to do, they don't do anything. Um, people choose to work longer, don't spend money, maybe they could. In many cases, there are things you can do today while working and then in retirement and steps you can use to create future tax-efficient income because if you're creating income tax-efficiently, you're lowering the amount that goes to the government and giving yourself more net spendable dollars. Um and or if you need help with pension elections, um, there's social, timing of Social Security. We've talked on the show about IRA and Roth um, planning. And with the passage of the Secure Act 2.0, 2023 is an opportunity for many people that you don't want to miss out on. We do offer a free no obligation, no pressure consultation. We can do that by phone or in person to see if we can help you. And if you want to take advantage of that free consultation, Call us, leave a message. We will call you back on Monday, or you can visit the website and send an email through that as well. Call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090, or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And I'm Carrie Waddell, and I have Mark Donnelly here with me this morning. Yeah, Carrie, you weren't with us last week. No. How was your cruise? It It was great. Weather was perfect. Like low to mid eighties, not super humid. It was perfect, and then we come back and have this. No norovirus on the cruise ship. No, I mean they're they're really good about every time you go somewhere. You know the hand sanitizers and reminding you to wash your hands constantly. So no, and I wasn't worried. Okay, so the in your absence last week, I started the March Madness, right? Okay. And again, we're not talking about basketball. You know, your basketball brackets. We're talking about your income tax brackets. And and last week I talked a little bit about the Social Security Expansion Act, you know, which mm-hmm. which also 
who had ideas. That was Bernie Sanders and like Elizabeth Warren. And that's that was all part of this whole Democratic push about, you know, how they're going to shore up Social Security. Now, I don't know if it, President Biden's budget, I haven't enough time to review it. I don't know if he said anything about he, he talked about saving Social Security, or at least not cutting Social Security or Medicare mm-hmm. benefits. I don't know if he really emphasized if he completely backed the Social Security Expansion Act with his budget, but I'm sure it it is probably in there, um, except maybe you know at a higher threshold, the four hundred thousand, as opposed to Bernie Sanders two hundred fifty thousand. But um, but we'll see. But again, my point about that is we don't recommend that you change your financial model based on POTUS budgets, especially when you have a split Congress. Mm-hmm. But it is an idea to say you know if you are concerned enough. And we, you do see, or we do see that the Democrats continue to get their, if they, if they remain in power with the future elections, you kind of have the direction. If they had the power, what they would do. Mm-hmm. And if, and if you're concerned about that, well, then maybe you just keep your eyes and ears open and, or just for fun, you say, what if that is implemented? Would that materially affect? my longevity of my financial plan right and that's what we can do when we build the models but okay so so what do we mean by what do we talk about in the month of march on this radio show well a a lot of times i guess if i'm going to try to summarize it we highlight bad tax matters gary right Mm -hmm. or maybe discuss how bad tax planning does matter to your retirement um and today i'm going to talk about qcds okay qualified charitable distributions but also, uh, you know, we help our clients successfully navigate through a very complicated tax code, okay? And how to do that, you really need coordinated advisors mm-hmm. working together on your plan, right? Not their own agendas. Um, and this year, we talked about, in March Madness, we'll certainly be re- talking every week about Secure Act 2.0 that was passed at the end of last year as part of the Budget Reconciliation Act. There's a lot of stuff in there. Now, if you're retired, maybe there's not so much in there. Right. But if you're still working, a lot of stuff in there. Um, but like one of the ones that for retirees that still matters is the QCD changes. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to be talking about today as part of the QCD analysis. Um and and I, I'm saying, too, I think we'll be talking about Secure Act 2.0 for a long, long time. And I think it, it, it the complexity alone will prevent compliance right. if you're not careful. I think there's going to be a lot of fan mail sent out by the IRS, um, you know, for people who are n- not understanding exactly the timing and some of the, you know, qualifications for the, what's happening with Secure Act 2. And then we'll also talk about how the estate planning team helps our clients with custom analysis based, you know, to navigate this based on their own situations, right? Carrie, mm-hmm. remember, I always say, it's not your parents' plan, it's not your coworkers' plan, it's not your neighbor's plan. Correct. Don't ask them what they're doing. You have to kind of figure this out for yourself right. um, and kind of go from there. Before that, I do want to mention briefly, we got a lot of, you know, we had the triple... Pay, triple play payroll this week, Gary, right? It's late this right. month um, because of the short month, I guess, of February. But 
So, and, and it, again, mixed signals. And I, and, and I kind of mentioned I a couple. I was going to say, I feel like that's the theme. Wait, well, wait. I, I think I might have mentioned a couple weeks ago. If you're, if you're not confused with the mixed data <laughs> that we're getting, you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, so we had the, the ADP report. Remember the, the revised ADP, you know, the, the revised model ADP report? Right. That we're all kind of Which was way. Okay, so they said the actual uh, payrolls came in at 242,000, better than the street was, you know, the consensus of 200,000. All right. Um, but it, what we're kidding about, somewhat tongue in cheek, is that remember during the height of the pandemic shutdown, the ADP even stopped putting out the reports, right? Because they mm-hmm. said they were working on their modeling techniques. Well, since they've come back on with the new and improved modeling techniques, compare that to the jobs report, the non-farm payrolls, they're averaging about $132,000 difference per report in jobs. Mm. Something, you know, is, is something's up there. Okay. Then we got the JOLTS report, okay? And still saying that there's 10.82 million jobs available, higher than what consensus was saying, 10.5. Um Still saying about 1.9 jobs available for or opening jobs for every available worker. Okay. But it also indicated that layoffs surged, Carrie, to 1.72 million up from 1.48 million. Okay. That's so it is indicating a change of of a, a trend change that maybe perhaps the labor market is cooling. Okay. Which is what the Federal Reserve, the bad news, good news. Right. The Federal Reserve wants the labor market to cool. Okay. That's one of the things that they say will will stop inflation from, you know, running out of control. Right. Now, something, you know, we, we, we saw that too. You know, GM announced this week, Carrie, right, that they're offering a voluntary buyout. Right. Right. Um, and remember during the 2008, we, we had a lot of these. Right. And that's something that we help a lot of clients with, the estate planning team. It's not only when their company is offering a voluntary, right. sometimes it's not a voluntary buyout. Right. So, so in either case, what the client is trying to figure out is if it's voluntary, should they do it? Mm-hmm. Or better yet, could they afford to, do, to it. do it? If it's involuntary, it's more of a decision, can I retire now or do I have to go get a new job? Right. Which may mean me relocating, which I might not want to do. Um, now, it, it's also similar to just the it, it's just a different level of retirement planning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's certainly now. So what does GM saying? Well, they're, they're all, so their severance package, if you're thinking about this and you don't have a lot of time to think about it, mm-hmm. they're saying the deadline to apply is March 24th. It's not too far off. That's not much time to no. really do an analysis and make a decision. I think the only people would be a no-brainer if technically maybe you were thinking about retiring this year right. anyway, which we've if, had people that yeah, happened to. Yeah, a month to, before they were going to hand in their paper. And they didn't say anything and, oh, nope. I got a buyout. Right. Darn. Um, and if you do get approved and your paperwork goes through, you got to leave the company by June 30th. Right. Well, that's not much um, time just to make a decision. All right. So so what do you get? You get one month pay for every year of service up to a maximum of 12 months. So basically, most of people have got probably more than 12 years of service. Okay. So you get one year salary. Okay. Um, you also get COBRA health care will be offered to you. Which COBRA is not cheap. And you would also get 
if you were in line to get a bonus, if you stayed around the whole year, you would somehow get a partial bonus. Okay. Okay. Um, so if if that fits you, or if this, or if you're if you get you're hearing through the grapevine that maybe your company may be offering a buyout. Now remember, this is what we worry about with recessions, right? Right. Is that people get laid off. Now, sometimes, like GM here, the company says, well, we're really, you know, you know, in quotation, we're really recommending that you look at this. Okay. So read between the lines. Because the next time, it might not be a voluntary. And it might not be as good as package. Right. Um, so, so that's kind of, you know, how you got to look at that. So, but we've helped clients over the decades many, many times. Um, how to analyze that and say, okay, if I did it, would I still be okay? All right. So back to the jolts. Yeah. So the jolts, uh, yeah, you know, again, um, you know, mixed signals on, on whether or not, you know, think the labor market is going or not. So then we had the weekly jobless claims. Okay. They came in at 211,000, Gary. You know, the consensus was looking for a 195. Remember, I always say, right. if jobless claims are, 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 uh, are you know, under 200,000, um, you're over 200,000. You know, that's kind of a, a threshold. Um, now, so it, it, a little bit worse than what the street was looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a little bit worse than the previous week. Um, yeah, again, a trend that may be indicating that the job market is cooling a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Then everybody, whatever was waiting for, we're taping the show on Friday, and this morning the jobs report came out, the monthly jobs report. And the street was looking for 225,000 new jobs. It came in at 311. Be, okay. so this is now this is the conflicting data right because now they're saying whoops there you know there were more non-farm payrolls created again president biden's taking a victory lap for it right um but That's... you know unemployment rate though ticked up a little bit so okay. last month it was 3.4 percent it ticked up to 3.6 percent which isn't much but, but it's, it's still, still trend trending. it's going the wrong you know then wage growth um, wage growth ticked up 0.2%, which is a bit lower than the previous month's data of 0.3%. Again, cooling. Um, so, you know, and then labor force participation uh, stayed about the same at 62.5%. So you, you ha- it's kind of like a neutral report. There were some, some things indicating that the, the labor market's cooling, other things indicating it's not cooling fast enough for right. the Fed, which is all leads to we'll get CPI Tuesday next week. So the, the Fed will be waiting for that. And then the, the FOMC meeting, which is the 22nd, they're going to decide whether it's a 25 or 50 basis point hike. That's what the markets are waiting on. I don't know if this report alone makes them go back up to 50 basis points. It may stay at 25. You also had a, a you know that Silicon Valley Bank failing this right. weekend. Uh, I, the reports didn't sound too good this morning. That could spook the feds, you know, depending on how deep or systemic that, if we have a banking failure going on, um, all these things, I, I would not want to be Chairman Powell. 
All right. Regardless of that, what are things that you can do about your financial life? Are you tired of working? Do you want to retire? Um, are you faced with a buyout or a pension election decision? Or um, if you're in retirement, how do you create the cash flow you need as tax efficiently as possible? And if you're worried about the market, do you know how much risk you really should be taking on? We don't do the investments. Several of our, most of our clients are pretty much split. Half the clients, I would say roughly do the investments on their own or keep their company plan. Other people use a professional advisor that we work with and coordinate with. Um, so, but it's knowing what growth rate do you need? If you're worried about the market, why are you taking on more risk than necessary? Because if you can do all the spending you want to do throughout your retirement years, and if your estate isn't growing as big, but you're still not even close to running out of money, then why take on the unnecessary risk? And if you want help with any of these issues and to see how we're different and how we might be able to help you, call the estate planning team, leave a message on Monday. We're scheduling the first half of 2023 through now through the end of June, although I just scheduled someone in July. So that's fine too. If you, We know people procrastinate, but go ahead and get on the schedule. Leave a message or send an email through the website. And the website, you can also sign up for newsletters that has alerts on tax law changes, and other helpful information, and, you, and you'll get our newsletter also. Um, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Daly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 36 years. And over those years, Carrie, in March on this radio show, we get into March Madness. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, and but also there's still all this conflicting data about whether or not the Fed can navigate a soft landing or are we just going to wind up in a big recession, which usually brings with it further market declines, even on top of the double-digit declines we had in the previous year. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know we're springing ahead one hour this weekend, Carrie. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot think, about that. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of Americans would like to spring ahead one year, right? And just, right. Can we, you know, because we keep hearing there's more pain coming, and, you know, We've now- We've heard that for a long time, though. I know. I, and, think, and, I think we're just tired of it. This is the, well, haven't you said before this is the longest anticipated the recession? The most anticipated recession? Oh. But it's still the threat out there. In other words, look what the you know look at the stock market. They, you know, everyone thought that everything was looking better in January, and then February was like, mm, that doesn't look as good. And I don't know; it's it's just really difficult. So, but March Madness. So today's topic, Gary, qualified charitable distributions, right? Mm-hmm. And and again, so the, uh, with our criteria, when we look at this, one, let's talk about. I can't stress enough how coordinate advisors you need to have to do a, to successfully right. do a qualified charitable distribution, right? Mm-hmm. You need, obviously, your investment advisor or the IRA custodian, if you're Correct. doing it yourself. They need to know what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, your CPA needs to know what you're doing. Or what you did the previous year. Right. Um, and, of course, the charity needs to know that you're planning on right, this. Right, because you're going to need some information from them. Well, the, the idea, of course, with the qualified charitable distribution, it's got to go directly to the charity. Right. So, you can't get a check and then just write it directly to them. Right. That doesn't work. Yeah, you can't get you can't take a distribution, deposit into your bank account, and then write a check to the charity. No, that's not a qualified. They can. The check can be created. It's got to be 
payable to the charity. You can have that check sent to you, right. and you could physically hand it to the charity. Correct, but it needs to be made payable to the charity. Right. But in a lot of our cases, our clients just electronically, the money mm-hmm. goes directly from the IRA to the charity. Right. So by so you want to make sure you get some type of receipt from your charity mm-hmm. to make sure that, that you know that they got it. And I would say, and, and they know the, who it came from. And I would say on the other end to make sure that you have good records that it was done correctly from your custodian. Right. On so, both ends. Now, and now we've had. I mean, most of our clients do say they get a nice thank you letter from the charity that is enough documentation that they can put in their tax file if it's ever questioned um, about whether it was done or not. Right. Um, so, but, but, so, and, and. So what what were some of the changes? Well, and maybe we'll go back to the original law, right? So so this is this is this program that, that allows you to do a QCD. It's the idea that if you can move money directly out of your IRA and put it directly into the charity, and by doing that, it, it you don't have to report the distribution as taxable income on your tax return. It washes it out. Now, you also don't get to report the charitable deduction. Right. right. You don't get both. Right. I've had some I've had some people ask me about that. No. No, you don't get both. You don't get, you know, it's one or the other. Um so yeah. And now there are some rules about it. One is there's an age restriction, okay? Now, you have to you have to have attained the age 70 and a half before you can execute one of these. Right, cuz okay. it used to be tied to Seventy and a half, which was well, the original minimum original required. Require RMD. But with the Secure Act, even though that advanced the age, the charitable, the qualified charity still remained at seventy and a half. Right. So originally, people tied the two together, saying, "Okay, seventy and a half is the same time my RMDs begin." And so, it, and that was kind of the flavor of the of the law. It was saying that. You know, there were a lot of U.S. taxpayers who were somewhat questioning, hey, listen, Mr. Government, I don't need my money out of my IRA. You're making, you're, I'm required to take it out. Right. I, I could give it to charity because I don't need it, but I can't get a deduction anymore because, you know, I don't have enough to itemize. Mm-hmm. All right. And so why can't, why do I have to pay taxes on an IRA distribution that, why can't I just give it to charity? And that was kind of the flavor of the law. It said, right. yeah, if you have, so if you, if your required minimum was $10,000 and you normally would give $5,000 to charity that you were no longer deducting anywhere, um, you could just, it would, it, it would, it would be part of your RMD. Right. But yet you wouldn't have to report that part as taxable income. Instead of 10, you report five. Right. Okay. Now, um, so yeah, so there's a little bit of confusion that when the Secure Act raised the required minimum age, some people thought that the QCD age was also raised, but it didn't. It was a separate mm-hmm. part of the law, so it's still seven and a half. Now, obviously, it's a much bigger benefit, perhaps, if you are reducing your required minimum. If you're not doing that, if you're just doing it. It, it's just like a wash. In other words, right. it, it's not really a big tax benefit. So per se, right. it, it's just you're taking money out of your IRA and you don't have to report it as taxable income, but somewhat less of a benefit 
than under an RMD when you had to report right. it, and now you're reducing But if that, you're right? already giving money to a charity and you can't itemize, you might as well do it because, in essence, you're lowering your IRA balance, lowering your right. future minimums, which could cause your yeah, Medicare premiums is, yeah. and other tax bracket issues. So if you're doing charity and you're at 70 and a half, you might as well do it. So the second thing that the SECURE Act 2.0 is changing is how much you can do. Right? Okay. So under originally, it was capped at $100,000 per year. Pretty high cap. Right. Obviously, much more than most required minimum distributions. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that was per person. Okay. So if you had a married couple, each with their own IRAs, each could do up to 100000 Okay. in this process, right? Um, now- so what did the Secure Act do? So one, it's going it, that hundred thousand that never had any inflation cost of living increase. Okay, that's going to change. So beginning in years after twenty twenty three, okay, that hundred thousand limit is going to be going up by some rate of inflation. Okay, all right. So if you're if you are maxing that every year, you got to keep an eye on that on what the new threshold is. Right. But the other thing that would kind of really was a little bit of out of left field was it's now going to allow, um, you know, again, seniors and over that you can make a one time QCD up to $50,000 to fund either a charitable remainder unit trust, a charitable remainder annuity trust, or a charitable gift annuity. Okay. Okay. This is new. All right. Um, and this is this is a, in effect for this year, twenty twenty three. All right. Now there was some confusion. Remember, I said there was a little complexity of this. Mm-hmm. There was some confusion, and some early tax professionals thought that the law also in that part could also you you could do a DAF, a donor advised fund, mm-hmm. meaning that you could put. In other words, theoretically, you could take fifty thousand dollars out of your IRA, put it immediately into your donor-advised fund, and not have to report it as taxable income. Mm. That is not the case. Right. Okay, it's, it's so it's not, so the DAF is not, but let's go back to those charitable unit trusts. So a lot of people say, Carrie, well, I'm getting a question. Mark, what's a charitable gift annuity? Because that sounds interesting, because mm-hmm. I'm hearing good things about annuities. Right. All right. So a charitable gift annuity, we haven't talked about that in a long time. No. Carrie? Um, all right. It's a contract as you as the donor and the charity that you're choosing to work with, right? And it, it, it sets up the terms. In other words, you make a gift, and typically these are big level gifts. Lump sums. These aren't $500 gifts, right? right. Yeah, these, are, these are big gifts, right? Um, and you can make that gift to the charity. You're giving them the money. It could be cash and maybe... Stocks. Securities, right? And now we have this twist. Could it be money out of your IRA, right? But let's let's go back originally, right? So then in return, you give, let's say I'm going to say, let's say you're giving cash. So I'm giving cash to the, and I'm buying or getting into a contract that we call a charitable gift annuity. I give the cash to the charity. I get some partial tax deduction. Mm-hmm. Not for the full thing, but a partial. Okay. And I'm not going to do the actuary math on the right. radio because I just lose everybody okay. in the weeds, right? Um, but you, the charities will do this for you. They'll have their own attorneys because this is like a turnkey for them, right? All right, um, and then and then so on top of the tax deduction, the real big benefit is you get a fixed income every year for your lifetime. 
back from the charity. Mm-hmm. Okay. As long as you live. Like you annuitize the annuity. Correct. So it, it's that idea. So it is a pretty, if, you, if you're charitably inclined and you're looking to increase your fixed retirement income, your monthly income. And reduce maybe your taxes. And you get a little tax break in the beginning, right? So now, um, so how, so again, so how would this QCD work? Well, obviously, I'm not, again, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get the, the tax deduction because you're getting your, your, your take. It's the same thing like you, you don't get the tax, you know, you, you don't get both. When you do a QCD, right. you don't get the both the, the report of the zero taxable income and the deducted on Schedule A, right? right? I think, I obviously, I assume it's the same thing here, right? But it does allow you, if you are worried, like you were mentioning that RMD trap, okay, are you going to, um, you know, are you going to, you know, could you get this $50,000 out of your IRA? That's going to lower your future required minimum. And then you're getting this, you're also getting the benefits of creating kind of like a pension for yourself. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. So that was, um, all right. But that does lead to the issue about, you know, you know, sometimes I talk about March matters, we talk about bad tax matters, right? But this is the problem that we've seen with QCDs, right? And the idea is that when you do a QCD, yeah, you're, you're taking theoretically an IRA distribution. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a 1099R, right? Remember, mm-hmm. Carrie, I don't know if you, you, you know, we talked about in the past, this is the time of the year that we have all our clients where they're going through that checklist, making right. sure they got all their 1099 hours. We didn't miss the, anything. Are the withholdings right? right? What we thought they would be. Now, the the, uh, the problem that we've seen with QCD is that the 1099R doesn't give any indication that you did a QCD. Correct. It is your job to inform your tax preparer on which account it was done and the amount. Right. But how many people just hand over all the 1099s? There are, you might have forgotten yeah. it because it happened months ago. Okay. Um, and, you know, and also, now a lot of the, if you, and especially if you're doing it yourself using one of the robots, you have to follow those menu instructions very carefully mm-hmm. because eventually it's going to ask you, did you do a qualified charitable distribution? Right. And if you've never done one before, you might skip over that and say, oh, I don't, I don't, you know, you might miss that, right? Mm-hmm. Or if it's the first time, and that's usually when we see it, the problem, it's the first time a client does it, right? Because mm-hmm. once they, because once they make the mistake, they never make the mistake again, right? Because right. it's, and what's the mistake that's made? The mistake that's made is that you, that the, the Q QCD never gets reported on the tax return, mm-hmm. and and the, the the tax writer doesn't even realize it. It just thinks that the robot did it right, mm-hmm. thinking that oh, I'm sure the 1090R somehow tells the robot that I did a QCD. No, it doesn't. No. Okay. Now sometimes that tax package that your CPA sent out to you, they had to fill out the 15 pages, and you never got to page 13 before that had the. Did you do a QCD? You forgot mm-hmm. to fill that in. That's well, never happened before, Gary. Or maybe you're it? like me. I do my own spreadsheet because I have a different way to track. So maybe you forgot. Okay. Did you happen to remind your CPA that you did a QCD? You might, and the thing of it is, they're busy when you're this time of year when you're dropping. You're usually just leaving it at the office, or you're quickly talk having a quick conversation. Yeah. So I mean, technically, how it gets done correctly is that when you're filing your your return, 
you report the total amount of IRA distributions. Remember, there's two lines for IRA distributions. Right. There's the gross amount that's in the middle of the page, and then there's the taxable amount that's on the right-hand right. column, right? Both those have got to be populated, right? So in this scenario, let's say you did a $10,000 total IRA distribution, and you did a $5,000 QCD. So 5000 would be taxable. And right. usually the tax return will have a little QCD line. Right. When, say, you, right. when you tell the robot right. that of the $10,000 distribution, you are claiming that 5000 of it was a qualified charitable distribution. Mm-hmm. So that's when the robot does the right math and populates in the margin next to right. the taxable a QCD. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. And I can tell you, we're a small shop, and since the QCD has been in existence, this has come up in more than a handful of, of times. And it's every tax year. Um, and we, so when we know that one of our clients is doing a QCD for the first time, and, the, and, and many more people are doing QCDs, they're forced to when President Trump's 2017 tax act doubled the standard deduction. So a lot of people aren't itemizing, I mean, fewer and fewer. So at least use the QCD to get benefit from things that you're doing anyway. Right. So it's little things like that, that, you know, and and now if you don't catch that, and and this is one of the things that we keep telling our clients, you know, you've got to, you know, with the electronic filing, the CPAs are trigger happy right they they want it they want to push that button to send as soon as they finished it right and and a lot of our clients never even see a draft of it correct unless you ask to right and you know and and these are things so now if the button's already pushed and then you discover hey wait a second, I, I don't see any difference between the gross IRA distribution I made and the reduced one because I did a QCD. Well, you, okay. You gotta, guess what? Now you have to file an amended return. You got it. And you, you don't think it. that's going to cost more, typically? Okay. Um, now, so those are some of the things. Now, the other issue that comes up, and kind of mentioned, too, about the the – the DAF, right? Because those are the two things that are very popular. The donor advised fund, that's where you're, you know, in other words, to get over the new higher standard deduction. So typically, if you were doing $5,000 a year in charitable contributions, it was never getting you over the hump of the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. Well, so the DAF is the idea that you super fund it, right? You do it all in one year. You put five years of the next 5000 So in one tax year, you make a $25,000 contribution to your DAF. You get to deduct that in one year. That will that maybe get you over the hump. Mm-hmm. So now you are theoretically getting an itemized deduction for the charitable contributions. And also, you know, the DAF is also popular for people that have highly appreciated stock, right? Okay. In other words, they don't want to, they're, maybe they have an overweighted position in their company stock, right? And they know that they've got to reduce that risk. And so they, they don't want to sell the stock to, to, um, diversify because then they'd have the capital gains, right? Mm-hmm. So what they do is they donate the the highly appreciated overweighted position stock to their donor advised fund. The chair, you know, they sell it and diversify it, but you the taxpayer doesn't have to report the capital gains, right? And now they've got the big deduction, okay? 
So those are very popular. So a lot. So how does the state plan team? What we're helping our clients are the ones that are on the fence, meaning they could do either one of those. Mm-hmm. They could. They're in a position where they could do the QCD, or they're in a position they could do. They have a DAF and they could continue funding it. So now, which direction do you go? Which one's going to give you the most savings? And and or what Would type of my- or what type of threshold are you trying to stay under? Right. Okay. Because if you the benefit of the QCD carry is that it lowers your adjusted gross income. Okay. Mm-hmm. The DAF doesn't. So if you're worried about a Medicare threshold? That's based on modified adjusted gross income? QCD would be the way to go. Right. Or, you know, or now the other side, if you're just trying to reduce your taxable income, mm-hmm. you know, to stay in the lower bracket, so to speak, right. then the DAF can help along those ways. Okay. Right? Because the, 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 it's, you know, your taxable income is after your itemized deductions. Okay. So you get into those types of discussions. Um, and in some years you may do one, some years you may do other. Um, so, so that's also too, the, the DIF, there's no age restriction. So oh, you don't, well that could be huge. You don't have to be 70 people, and a half right. to be able to do it. Right. Um, also the idea of, um, the, but the, the QCD, you know, we're, we're in Ohio, we're Ohio income taxpayers. So actually Ohio, you get a little tax break for the QCD. So typically Ohio doesn't give you itemized deductions or charitable right. contribution it's deductions. Based on your it starts federal. your federal AGI. So if you're lowering your federal AGI with the QCD, in effect, you're kind of lowering your mm-hmm. Ohio income tax. Okay. So you get a, 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 you know, a side benefit there. So, so we get into, so, so when we're working with our clients who are on the fence and saying, well, Mark, I could go either way. It's not a quick decision, but getting enough analysis done that it puts you into decision-making mode. And now you're really happy that you thought about it. All All right. right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation by phone or in person at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. And have a great weekend. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.